evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL. It's playoff time! Woo! Get your playoff fever! Woo! Uh, the New York Red Bulls, uh, have, they, they won their opening match. That's fantastic. We're going to recap that. We're going to talk to Hassan and Dom uh, in our second segment, who's going to kind of fill us in on a little bit of his life and travels and, and time with the team this year. We're going to preview the match uh, this coming weekend against Tampa Bay Rowdies. We're going to talk all things USL playoffs. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a pretty fantastic show for us this week. Joining me as always, we've got... <laughs> the guy that I always call Bill T. N. J. It's Bill Toomey of Bill, T- of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe. What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I even just talking about it now, I almost said the wrong thing. Almost jinxed it again. Yeah, I put it in my head. It's no good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling uh, pretty good after a win on the road in Charleston, which I was not expecting to be a complete blowout. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, 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 excellent. I uh, don't know why I couldn't get that word out. Uh, I am currently under the weather, uh, which is perfect for this week uh, for the doom and gloom report. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of doom and gloom, we've got NYC with Soccer World's own Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. I just want to say, technically, we're all always under the weather that, because it's above that's us. True. All right. Fair <laughs> deuce. Oh, God. <laughs> You would think that it's you were, show day. <laughs> you would think you're a dad, but nope. That's a scary thought, actually. <laughs> he's practiced. He's well practiced. Heading into that, there's, there's, he's got his only dad one, jokes. There's only one of me. <laughs> For now, um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Charleston. Uh, obviously, if you listened to the show last week, you know that I never feel good about. Any of the teams I root for in the playoffs, I always expect them to lose. Uh, I very much expected the Red Bulls, too, to go to Charleston and lose. Uh, I believe I said in extra time. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, goals from Ethan Cutler, Stefano Bonomo, Florian Velo. Uh, ben Mines, young Ben Mines got on the scoreboard. Charleston completely blown out. They were not in this game. I think they had maybe two... Uh, legitimate chances in the match and that was it and this was a very strong team i know that they they uh, never fully got back to uh, the their heights of the early season but this was still a darn good team that they're they were facing out there and the red bulls played them off the pitch and did so uh, without no powder uh, and I, I, i'm just amazed at, at what we what we saw out there anthony uh walk me through this what happened to charleston Oh, well, Red Bull 2 happened in Charleston. I, I think that Red Bull came in and played their best game, uh, probably one of the best games they played all year. And it, they were very consistent. They were they, There was no erratic defending um, in, in the box. But at the same time, Charleston, I, I don't know what Charleston expected in this game. I, I think that they maybe walked in thinking they'd get a quick goal, there'd be a little bit of chaos in the box, and they'd kind of cruise past this game, especially since they were at home. Um, Romario Williams uh, had an attempt early, uh, probably about in the first 15 minutes, where he tried to chip Evan Loro and it went wide. And in my head, I'm thinking, "What? That, that's this isn't an exhibition game. Didn't try to chip <laughs> the goalie. Like, you know, so there, there was no sense of urgency at all from Charleston in this game. So, um, you know, they, they've got a lot of questions to ask for themselves. But um, 
New York Red Bull too has nothing to ask. They they did everything right. They did everything they were supposed to do, and they came out the winners. We're going to hear a little bit about this from Hassan and Dom uh, later on in the interview section. But uh, one of the things that I was most impressed with was what uh, Jesse and company have called rest defense uh, over the last couple of seasons. And that's just making sure that you're well positioned when you don't have the ball so that there's no, you know, uh, big opportunities for the opposing team. And man, they smothered, they smothered Charleston uh, at the moment they touched the ball. And yeah, they, they could not find their way into it. Um, On the goal side of things, uh, every one of these was was kind of a special play. Um, the opener with with uh, Stefano Bonomo or Stefano uh, Junior Fleming sends the cross into the box. Bonomo with a beautiful glancing diving header uh, to to you know put the Red Bulls in the lead permanently. That was the game winning goal. Uh, later on, Charleston makes a big defensive mistake, and uh, Bonomo is able to get in again. His shot saved, but Florian Velo is there to follow it up. Ethan Cutler with a beautiful goal from the top of the box on a set play from uh, Arun Basulovic. And uh, Ben Mines, just, you know, very composed, relaxed, does not at all look like the teenager that he is. And boom. Now, (laughs) uh, we've seen them do this to teams this year, but uh, never consistently from week to week. Is that changing? Is is it just enough for the playoffs to be happening for this team to really have turned, uh, you know, the highest gear possible or turned? I don't know if turned is the right thing, but moved into shifted into the highest gear possible. And can they maintain that and continue to do this on the road, Bill? I think they can. There's something about this team where you know when they go into playoffs, they they go into a whole different mode, like you said, and it's almost like their entire different team with the resting guys too on defense there's no way that they could even get through to score a goal in this past game so it's it's really a whole different team than we've seen all season long now if there's a, a place that maybe uh or something in the game that you saw that might be a worry worrying sign moving forward i can't think of one uh, specifically anthony is there something you saw not in this one. Um, they they did give chances. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do have to say that the the you know aside from the chip play that was um, I think it was also for Mario Williams in the in the second in the second half where he had a good look at goal and he just put it wide. Um, they need to limit those really good clean chances, those clean looks at the goal. Uh, but you're in the playoffs, so that that's hard to say. That you know that's hard that's harder to do than it is to say. But they they just need to keep that composure. If they keep the composure that they had in this game, they, they have a really good chance to go to go far, especially against the rest of the um, the field that uh, that we'll talk about later. And do you think that that means uh, because Loro started this game, is he the guy now for the playoffs, or do you think there's still a possibility that John might shift back, uh, just depending on what team they're playing? Either of you. Um, I I don't know. I don't think Laurel was really tested in this one, so it's hard to say. Um, I, I uh, but there's no wiggle room either, so maybe I Laurel say, is. You know what? You yeah, you started him in the playoffs, and you just keep him in there and keep the same same lineup going across the team and see how far they can get because they played really well this this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly no denying that. And um, in those moments where there was chaos in the box and things could have gone downhill, I thought Laura responded well and, and kept things from getting too dangerous. Um, 
let's talk man of the match. Uh, this was a tough one because you know so many players uh, played so well. But if you had to pick one, who would it be, Bill? Man, it's a tough question. Uh, for me, it's going to be Cutler because it's his first goal, and that that shot he had just was a rocket from outside the box. So he's definitely going to be my pick. I think that's fair, Anthony. I'm going to go with Bonomo. Um, not only did he have a goal, but he also held up play well, distributed the ball, did everything that you really needed a center forward to do in this game. Yeah, I um, I think that that is probably the most fair. I it it's hard for me to pick one guy. Uh, so if I had to, I'll, I'll agree with you, Anthony. I think it was Bonomo, but I think Cutler is a fine choice because what a time to score your first goal and great job filling in for for Noah on the left side and you know not really allowing any uh, or too much danger uh, considering how he started the year and you know the transition that he had to make to that position uh, okay when we come back we're going to be hearing from Hassan and Dom stick around We're back. We are joined now by the big man on the back line. It's Mr. Hassan Nadam. How are you doing, Hassan? I'm good, and you? We're doing uh, very well, I think. I, I think everybody's on cloud nine after the uh, the win this past weekend. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing very well. So, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like coming up against Charleston. They've been very good offensively, especially at home. And uh, not only does the team manage to uh, put a number of goals past them, but they completely locked down uh, your goal. Uh, what was the key to that? Um, so we have like a team talk with John, the coach and the staff, and was, everything was about rest defense. Rest defense on William because then we saw him in a Concacaf is one of the best players on the team in Charleston. He did really good in with Jamaica national team. So between me and Jordan and the back line was West defend. Don't try to let him get the ball and turn and facing us and trying to shoot. So for us, was just trying to get West defend on him and get really tight on him so he doesn't have any chance. Hassan, what was the biggest change you had to deal with coming over here uh, from Cameroon and playing in uh, for the Red Bull 2? Um, for me, the biggest thing was first about the language, and then the style to play the first, the way we were playing, the pressing, high pressing, the language and the 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 weather, everything, the facility, the way everything was nice and was really tough for me. But I think I managed myself really good coming from Cameroon. I saw people, the good staff that took me really good, and I tried to to get the system really quick, pressing, rest defense, like. Yeah, like for forward touches and just trying to get used to the stuff, get used to the the tactic, how we play, how we get things really quick, how we think really fast. But that wasn't that wasn't easy for me in the beginning. But I think Red Bull, the staff of the staff, they helped me a lot, and my teammates helped me a lot to get used to that and ready to play with the team. Hey Hassan, if you had to change one thing that's happened so far this season, uh, what what 
Uh, what do you think you would change? I think I would change a lot of things coming from the, the the Charlotte game, the game that we lost 5-1. I think it was one of my bad performances that I had. And I had a lot of mistakes. And we considered a lot of goals, like five goals. And, but I learned a lot. And you can see, like, you can see right now I, I improved by the way I play. But if I had to change, I would have to change a lot of things that I made. I did that game. I made a lot of mistakes. And then, you know, I keep watching that video every day back and forth. And then I look myself that those mistakes were never going to happen again in my professional career. And you can tell that right now I'm trying my best to don't make those mistakes happening and going forward to going forward to win the USL, USL Cup. Uh, so, uh, kind of expanding on that a little bit, do you think going through those types of experiences uh, have been uh, more critical than uh, maybe the the backline pairing uh, that has emerged with you and Jordan? You know, like like I said in the beginning of the season, I went I was in the backline with a lot of guys. I started with Abedor, and I played with Tim Schmoll, I played with Justin Bellew. And I play with a lot of guys from different style of play. But um, coming back from Jordan Scarlett, one of the good center backs that I have been playing with, we understand, we understand each other really good. And you can see that we have a really good communication between, I have a really good communication between me and him. We talk, we organize everything, we, and we understand each other. And you can see that we have, we're getting good results so far that I have been playing with him. And then I'm really satisfied to be honest playing with Jordan Scarlett and, like I said, we have a good communication in the house. We live together in the same house. We play together. We, so like we enjoy we have basically the same culture together. And uh, we put everything that we have fun. We have fun outside the pitch. And when we got to the pitch, we're trying to make it like really serious and trying to get the results to make the team go forward and get those wins. So we've heard a lot about how the first team and the two team pretty much are the same in training. You guys both train together all the time. Is is there an MLS player um, on the first team that um, has taken you under his wing that's been uh, your mentor? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of players like like Aurelian Collins, Gideon Barr, Damien Perrin, like those center backs, you know, and those some guy like striker like um like Bradley White Phillips that I look up to. And those they like they talk to me most of the time and then they say like I have a good I have a talent that I have to walk and be patient, you know, because coming in New York and I coming in New York I thought was gonna be like going to play right away. But I, I came and I saw some ex guys who have a lot of experiments and they told me a lot, like Orlean Collins, like I said, Gideon Bath. They talk to me like Damien Perlian. They talk to me every time. They tell me what what to do, what is better, like the communication and everything. And I'm really thankful for that. And I really appreciate those things that they're doing for me. And then they keep pushing me. They keep giving me advice to what I have to do to get better, to what I have to do to get it the first thing where they are, to improve myself every day, to not just stay in the MLS, to why not be in Europe someday. So, and then I'm really thankful for that every day that I I step in the facility, I go in the facility, I saw them, I give them too much, a lot of respect that uh, going forward, that would be good for me to keep taking those advice and putting it in practice. And I can, as a, I can say that taking those advice and trying to put that, those advice on the field, I put those advice on practice, help me a lot to be a good player, to be a better player. And you can see the result.
What age were you when you started to play soccer? For me, soccer was passion. For me, soccer was something that I, I always loved. Back in Cameroon, you know, nothing was easy in Cameroon. No good balls. We don't have good balls. We don't have good stadium. We don't have good alimentation. We don't have good food. Nothing is easy, you know. And then um, for me, like school, school uh, was one tough thing, one of the best things for my dad because my dad didn't go to school, so he wanted his kids to go to school. And I tried to manage, manage school with um, school with soccer, but it wasn't really easy. But for me, soccer was everything about patience. Everything I step on the pitch, I was enjoying. Back in the day in Cameroon, I remember playing with a bottle of water, bottle of water, empty bottle of water playing enjoying like playing with my kids so like and I every every time I keep thinking about that and I remember I said to my friend like one day one day God is gonna make me be a professional soccer player and all he said is to me like keep working keep working and believe so for me as a young guy it was just about believing God and and just enjoy soccer when I step on the pitch uh, Hassan, this coming weekend, you're going to have to take on the Tampa Bay Rowdies. They've been very good at home. Uh, obviously, you got a great result uh, at MSU against them, four to two. Um, they got a kind of you know gut out win. Uh, unfortunately, that you guys weren't able to come back uh, a couple of weeks ago. What kind of lessons did you learn in that match? That you're going to take forward and. Um, I, I maybe even specifically, uh, what players are are you keying in on? Um, like like you said, we played MSU with them. We, we got a result four two. We went there and we lost. I think at three one. And I think it's a really good team. To be honest, they have a lot of experiment guys that are playing in Bundesliga. They playing in uh, in England, like Jokol. They have like a good backline, like European guys. And I think it's gonna be a really good game. And I, like I said, going there in Tampa, the last game I was there, but I was in the bench watching the game. I learned a lot. I, I saw that everything comes with the midfield, everything passed by Joko. So I think Joko is going to be the key, like trying to lock Joko out, like we gave with William, trying to be West defend on him, not trying to let him do whatever you want to do with the ball. And I think the good thing with us, like we have a young team, as you can see, one, maybe one of the young team in the USL. And then the start that we play, like pressing high, is going to make them really tired that I feel like really confident about my teammates. I would three back Three, but three guys, uh, Junior Fleming, Flo, and Banomo, Arun Baslovic, we're going to do a really good job pressing them and us in the back trying to do a really good job too, trying to lock in, especially Jokol, because we feel like Jokol is one of the key key players in the team. So I, I feel really confident going over there getting the good result. Um, did you at all hear, um, you know, growing up, were you aware of MLS and of uh, the New York Red Bulls um, in general? Um, yeah, back in Cameroon, like I said, we had. A, I was in our in New York Red Bulls. I uh, not just because of Thierry Henry, because also of Yungo Bitolo, Anatola Bang, uh, Marius Obekop. So, and then those guys were coming back in Cameroon to to play with the national team. So I was aware of them. I watched them play. I watched Yungo playing. He did really good with New York Red Bulls. Anatola Bang did really good. Same with Marius Obekop. So I knew uh, I knew Red Bull. I knew I knew New York Red Bull already back in Cameroon. I was when I had the opportunity to come here. I was really excited about it. You've come a long way this season. What would you say has been the most exciting part of the season for you? 
I think the most exciting part of the season has been like the experience that I got going back and forth with the first team and then USL, having those matches, traveling. I didn't, I wasn't used to that when I when I was back in Cameroon. Everything was in the small town, so I was really I was really happy and really and keep saying thank you to God for the experience that He gave it to me during this season coming along. Playing, I think I played already like 26 games. But I learn a lot. I learn a lot, and I keep watching guys play for the first team. I, I think I got a lot of experience playing with playing with USL, and then I think the thing that I got is the experience along the way with the season. Hassan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, before we let you go, we're going to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, popcorn, yes or no? Yes, sure. I'm, I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. What's your favorite team to play as in FIFA? Real de Madrid. Uh, All right. Another guy who picks a really small club. <laughs> uh, Arsene Wenger in or Arsene Wenger out? Arsene Wenger in. You know why? Why? I think I am in because he's a good coach and he gave chance to young to young players. So why not keep him in? Because he improve a lot with those young players, go very far with the, in the Champions League, Europa League. So he should stay in to make the progress of the young guys keep getting the chance to play in the big league. I think that's pretty fair. Anthony, do you have another one? No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Hassan, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you nothing but the best this coming weekend. And, uh, yeah, thank we, we so hope much. to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice night, guys. All right, take care. And when we come back, we're going to preview the match against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Stick around. We're back with our final segment. We're going to preview the game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies and then talk a little bit about the, the USL playoffs and what's happened so far. Uh, Tampa Bay, we know them in and out. We've had to preview them a number of times in the last couple of weeks. There's not too many surprises here. Obviously, Joe Cole is a huge player for that side. A lot of the midfield uh, runs through him. He creates so much. He can finish. Uh, Marcel Schaefer is on another level right now. He had a gorgeous goal uh, in the 3-0 win uh, over FC Cincinnati. He's scoring just at will right now. Things are scary. I thought the same thing against Charleston, but here we are again, Tampa Bay. What are we going to get out of this match, Anthony? Uh, I I feel good about Red Bull 2's chances here. I think that uh, these older uh, USL teams slash former NASL teams have... um, Tired legs. I think that the season is long. This is one of the longest USL seasons ever. So the youth really comes into play here. And if the Red Bull 2 can remain as consistent as they as they were in the last game, defensively keeping their heads forward, doing all the little things that they need to do, I don't think there's any reason to think that they can't get a win here. Well, I mean, say what you will about the old legs of Tampa Bay, but they, they finished very strong, and they looked... Uh, like on a complete other level f- 
uh, from FC Cincinnati. Now, I know that team hasn't exactly been lighting it up of late, and they were away from home where they tend to struggle. But, I mean, this is still a scary side. Uh, they When's the last time they even lost a game? Uh, the last loss that they had was September 2nd against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, since that time, they've been able to win or draw every single one of their matches. Uh, so they're they're in their time has come. They're in fine form. Uh, Bill, uh, are you on Anthony's side? Do you think that uh, this could be where uh, things go off the rails? I think so. I mean, the last time the Red Bulls too played at Tampa Bay against the Rowdies on the road, they only lost by one goal. So I th- I think with what we've seen this past weekend, they're really a different team, and I don't see any problem with them going to Tampa Bay and, and winning there. Oh, see, now I thought you were starting off that saying that you agree with me, but it turned out it was Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. I'll be on an island with my uh, Eeyore uh, miserable self. Well, no if hope. it was you up to you, the Rebels too would already be out of the playoffs. Well, not so, if it was up to me. I don't want them out of the playoffs. I just believe that it will happen. Because I don't know, Joe. I kind of think you're a troll. I, I, I you know, it's, it's. Full. <laughs> I think he is too. Well, no, a troll again. I would have to be trying to make you argue about it, which I'm not. Um, with the Red Bulls too, it's not even well founded because the, what we've got two seasons of data, and one season they won a championship, and one they didn't. So, like, why should I feel so? Uh, pessimistic about it, but it's it's mostly about their road form this year. Yes, they got their fourth road win of the season this this past week at Charleston, but Tampa Bay's been very very good at home. The Red Bulls uh, have very very difficult odds ahead of them. Even if they are able to uh, defeat the Rowdies, they're going to have to go to Rochester or Louisville and get a win, and likely still have to go on the road uh, in USL Cup. There's there's very little in terms of uh, uh, leeway that this team has right now. And this is another very big test for them and how they deal with, with Marcel Schaefer and Ristoff, um, uh, Georgie Ristoff, right? Is that his name? Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and Joe Cole is going to be a big part of this. And they, they're a tough team. They they can absolutely be gotten to on the defensive side of things, despite uh, FC Cincinnati's um, inability to break them down. I think some of that came from uh, their approach to the game, which is very counter-heavy. But, you know, I I worry about them getting caught in the, in the counter, uh, especially if they're going to play through the midfield, and how some of those inexperienced guys are going to match up against uh, otherwise, you know, worldly players. This is why the one-game playoff is so great. And, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the playoffs in a bit. But, like, the 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 essence of the one-game playoff keeps teams from being those, like, bunker sides. Everyone's got to go go after the game. And it it means that there's, there's no way to predict what can happen. And last year, obviously, Red Bull 2 went all the way from being the best team in the league. But... There were upsets across the board in in the playoffs, and this year already in the first round we've seen them. So there, you can almost throw the regular season out the door because you you're not playing to the standings, you're not playing to even the opposition in some ways. You're playing to stay alive and to play the following week. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Although if you're telling me that you can't bunker and get results in the playoffs, uh, please 
head up to Rochester and talk to Bob Lilly. Anyway, <laughs> let's get a prediction for this match. That's not bunkering. That's building a wall. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, let's get a prediction. Anthony, what's the scoreline this weekend? I'm saying 3-2, New York Red Bulls 2. Okay. Bill? I'm saying 2-0. Your Red Bulls, too. Wow, you think they shut out the Rowdies at home. That would be mighty impressive. And if that was something that they could accomplish, to go on the road twice and get two big shutouts against two uh, high-scoring teams, that would be huge heading into a a final. Uh, You know me. (laughs) Here we go. I don't feel good about this. 8-0 Tampa. No, no, not eight. Nothing. I did. I, I don't know if you heard me on seeing red last week, but because I knew that there wasn't much to play for, for the Red Bulls and DC was closing out their stadium. I predicted an eight, eight draw. <laughs> I bet I could guess your score for this game, Joe. You're going to say it's going to be a one, one draw and New York's going to lose in overtime. No, I'm actually going to say that Next. this is a three, one loss. I think that, Ooh. I think that, <laughs> Uh, the Red Bulls are going to get even on the worst. I think the Red Bulls are going to get on the board early, and it's going to seem like everything is hunky dory, and then the wheels are going to fall off. Just maybe with some long range strikes, which uh, Tampa Bay has been uh, very capable of hitting this year. Okay, just just to be a bit of a troll, I'm just going to say your face is a three one loss. You're damn right it is. <laughs> My poor wife. Now that is a troll. <laughs> Uh, okay let's talk the rest of the playoffs there there was some crazy games out there uh i think let's start on the western side because uh, my uh, my favorite match of the entire weekend uh happened there Uh, you know not including the red bulls obviously uh san antonio tulsa what a crazy ending to that game. Tulsa completely shoots themselves in the foot, gives up a penalty in stoppage time in a, in a moment where they absolutely did not even have to go to ground in the box uh, and lose 2-1. to one. <laughs> Did you get to watch that game, Anthony? I did. That was hilarious. I mean, it, it, it's really great when you get to watch these games and you don't have a dog in the fight and you go, oh, man, that was a horrible decision. <laughs> yeah, Tulsa, you know, and, and Tulsa, I did not expect Tulsa, to be quite honest, to be anywhere near competitive in this. And San Antonio has been one of the best teams in the USL this year. So that they, ah, oh man, they, they were so close. So it was sad to see it. But yeah, they, uh, they, they were their own worst enemy. That I, I watch, um, I've watched soccer for a long time. I've seen that happen to a number of teams. Uh, but it really seemed like uh, Tulsa did everything that they could uh, to win that match in the first half and completely shut things down. They did give up some chances, had a great goal to start the match, and then just gave up two second-half goals. It was just a really sad <laughs> happening. Um, okay, the other one uh, that was fantastic in the West, well, maybe not just the one, uh, but <laughs> Real and Sacramento. SLC, Anthony's Ooh. pick to go all the way. They didn't lay an egg because I think that was a very good match back and forth. They did uh, lay an egg. Well, in the shootout, they did. That's for sure. You uh, can't no. If, if you're if you're the dominant team, if you're if you're as good, they weren't as good, but the the best team in the league, three losses all year long. You can't put away a team that has 
couldn't find a win in like the last six weeks of the season. Like Sacramento <laughs> was ice cold going into this game. They they looked. I mean, the only reason why they were in the playoffs is because they played so well up until the last two months of the season. <laughs> the, yeah, this this was a this is a the choke of all chokes in uh in in the USL playoffs thus they, far. They were middle of the pack and they just fell and fell and fell. Yeah, it was crazy. I thought I thought Colorado was going to end up uh making it over them uh about a month ago, but things didn't quite go that way. Uh yeah, no. I think maybe even this comes down to experience. Sacramento has been there before. Uh they've I mean, obviously there's a number of players who have not been in this side from year to year, uh, but they have a lot of guys who I think have been in big math situations, and that really was the story of everything for this. Um, just a, a sad loss for the number one seed. Uh, Swope Park beat my pick, Phoenix, in a shootout. Phoenix took the lead in extra time off of a, a horrible goalkeeping blunder uh, that allowed DDA Drogba to just knock the ball in. Uh, Swope Park equalizes before the end of extra time, and or was it was that in regular time? I thought that was extra time. Uh, I think it was regular time. Mm, we're gonna find out. No, it was, like extra, it was extra time. It was ninety ninth minute and one hundred ninth. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, bafflingly, none of the star players for Phoenix took a penalty kick. Uh, which really surprised me, and they lost four to two to Swope Park. So Swope Park, uh, last year's Western Conference champion, heading on uh, to Sacramento now. I just can't believe they they won. And I thought after last year's performance at the USL Cup that they wouldn't even get as far as they currently are in the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, I suppose. Um, interesting note here, uh, Sacramento even though they are the lower seed team, may be hosting this match. There's some kind of uh, uh, buffoonery <laughs> that has arisen. This af- I think it was this afternoon. No, there, no they- Children's Mercy Park is going to host the game. Okay, okay. Uh, I, there was, yeah, there was that, a report yeah, that earlier. Was, that, that was released happen. earlier today. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that they had resolved that. Well, I guess it's good to know their baseball field isn't in use, so that's good. <laughs> oh... Oh, shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Okay. Uh, and then the last match in the Western Conference, uh, OKC Energy absolutely surprises Reno. They get a goal early. They're able to hold on. And, yeah, that was the story of the season. Reno, I thought, was a fantastic uh, team this year. They did really well. Uh, but all takes They only is, lost is two home games all season, I think. Is that true? Yeah. That's uh, that's extra sad. And OKC, I don't think it's been that good, but you just it's 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 the playoffs, guys. There was one game playoffs we were talking about. All you need is just one thing to go right. And uh, for OKC, they they absolutely got it done. Um, okay, over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, Beth Steele. Uh, <laughs> it was a really really rough match. Everything that uh, Louisville has done this year was on display. Uh, it absolutely shows why they're one of the favorites coming out of the Eastern Conference. Beth Steele's a young team. They have a lot of inexperienced players, and they've kind of been up and down. They haven't done well coming into the playoffs. Not all that surprising. Maybe just the number of goals that were scored. Yeah, you know, they there was no. I, I didn't have much of a hope for them 
So, you know, Louisville just ran over them, and that was to be expected. I think we all agreed on that that steel losing out, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think and we and all that might be it for them, win. too. Yep. Yeah. We, we, may, we may never see them again. Yeah, yeah, there is a, a distinct possibility. Um, Rochester, Charlotte, I thought that this wouldn't be as close a game as it ended up being. Uh, it was 1-1 in regulation. Uh, Jochen Graf and Enzo Martinez with the goals, and then uh, Stefan DeFreger, DeFreger, I think it's DeFreger. Uh, DeFreger. Got a very, very late goal, 113th minute, uh, to avoid going to the penalty kicks. Uh, Enzo, or Alex Martinez, sorry, not Enzo, uh, picks up a red card in the 120th minute. Uh, it was just the culmination of frustration that Charlotte has had pretty much for the last two and a half months or so. Uh, they were another team that, that were fantastic at one point in the summer and then just completely fell off. And, yeah, it's back to the drawing board. They started the year as they as they finished it, which was very poor. Uh, but I think there's a lot of good pieces in that team. They could salvage some things. Problem is we didn't do a podcast about them. So That's true. After we did one last time, they, uh, they, they turned it team. around. Yeah. <clears throat> we should have kept that it's up. It's all our fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Joe's fault. And then we mentioned the Rowdies uh, over FC Cincinnati. Uh, the Rowdies just smothered them. Cincinnati is a team that I think has talented pieces. They can lock a game down, but that's not the approach that you can take against the Rowdies and hope to get away with it because they can strike from outside. Um, they've got a, a lot of players who have that ability to take those long shots, and they can be very dangerous on set pieces. And you know that's all she wrote for FC Cincinnati. Um, Plus, they're not too good of a, a road team. Yeah, in the no. late part of this season, very poor. They on come the road. to. I came over to see the Red Bulls too, and that didn't end too well either. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to update your pick? Uh, obviously, Bill's still in the game. He's got San Antonio going to the final, and uh, yeah. of course, they came back and and won. Um, but do you want to update your pick from the West, Anthony? Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking San Antonio goes all the way now. That's a, a good pick. The way that uh, Sacramento beat the number one seed, I got to say, they've got some swagger. I would like to see them uh, put something together because that's a pretty good fan base out there. Uh, not going to be easy having to go to Swoop Park and get a result, but I think they might be able to do that. Um, okay, that brings us to the end of the show. That was a tight little uh, a set that we did there. Um, we've got a huge match this weekend. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to come back next week and talk about another one against either Louisville or Rochester. Uh, but, you know, that remains to be seen. If you want to follow us on Twitter... I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at NYC Soccer World. And I'm at Bill TNJ. And if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can find us at RaisingBulls.com. You can send your questions. That's right, questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. You got a question. You got hate mail. You got some comment that you want to let us know about. You know, we fielded a, a, a comment about whether or not Anthony sounded like Dave Franco. Um, I think that's that's been settled for now. Uh, but feel free to send in anything that you'd like. If we like it, we'll read it on the show. We'll send you a sticker. It's mutually beneficial. Uh, 
<laughs> and that's questions at racingbulls.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please find us, rate us, review us. It really does mean everything, and it does help. For myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and Hassan and Dom. Thank you very much, and have a good night. Yeah.